Welcome to Ramblings with a Medical Historian. I'm your host, Nicole Curry, and this is the podcast where I ramble on about the history of medicine, such as fun facts, common misconceptions, and strange practices. I may even talk about other historical topics, such as local history. This is episode 8. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I know it's probably even coming out a little bit late, um, but I've been super busy at work. Um, But not only that, uh, my grandma has just been recently put into a hospice. So that's been really tough trying to go out and see her and deal with all this stuff. I've just been swamped, so uh, let's get on with the episode. Today, because I haven't had much time to prepare, um, I'm actually just going to be reading you a couple um, short little stories from um, a book I have. It is called Strange Medicine, A Shocking History of Real Medical Practices Through the Ages by Nathan Belofsky. So let's start off with chapter one. The story is entitled Growing Pains. What we think of as real medicine, Western medicine at least, begins with the Greeks and wise old Hippocrates, who was born on the Greek island of Kos around 460 BCE. His writings and those of his followers are preserved in the Hippocratic Corpus, a collection of about 60 medical works. Although most healers looked at the gods to make patients better, Hippocrates relied on the evidence of his own eyes and ears, and the touch of his hands. Above all, Hippocrates did what worked, regardless of theory or belief and thus managed to turn the corner from magic to medicine. Sometimes even the great Hippocrates got things wrong, big time. Most critically, Hippocrates believed that illness was caused by an imbalance of the four humors, blood, black bile, yellow bile, and phlegm. A theory that would come to plague doctors and their patients until the 19th century. Still, medical thought and practice flourished, with a few detours along the way. A few hundred years after Hippocrates came Galen, the great Greek anatomist living in Rome. He was forbidden by law to dissect human bodies, but his work with animals, mostly pigs, showed for the first time from the inside how living things actually worked. What follows is a brief description of a few ancient medical practices and ideas before and after Hippocrates. Some worked, some didn't, but all provide a good jumping off point for even stranger things to come. So there we have 
a few mention of a couple people. We have Hippocrates. I hope everyone has heard of him. He is known as the father of medicine, and you may have also heard of the Hippocratic Oath that uh, doctors have to follow, and so that stems from Hippocrates, the do-no-harm oath. And then we have Galen, who we spoke about in... What episode was that? A few episodes ago when we were talking about the dissections and the church. So I will read one more story for you. So here is the story called The Power of Babel. In ancient Babylonia, sick people either got better or died with little help from their medicine or their magic. From clay tablets fortuitously baked to stone during a fire, we know that Babylonian shamans, the Asipu, and physicians, the Asu, often worked together, though the Asipu seemed to have received the most attention. Believing that some illnesses came from troublemaking gods and demons and others from a person's own bad behavior, the Asipu determined why a person had become sick and prescribed a course of treatment. For guidance, an Asipu might look for omens on the on the way to an ailing patient's house, say the lifting of a pig's tail. Once the Asipu arrived, he'd root through the client's personal life. According to fragmentary accounts found in the tablets, an Asipu might find that a patient had had sex with his mother or his neighbor's wife, or had cheated someone by saying no for yes and yes for no. Or maybe he'd had his spit stolen by a witch or been seized by the ghost of someone burned alive. To chase illness away, an Asipu would cast spells and chant chants. Sometimes he'd mix healing potions together in a leather bag, perhaps adding the hair of a black dog or a dirty menstrual rag. One tablet speaks of pig manure to be worn around the neck, and another speaks of a cure for teeth grinding, sleeping next to a human skull for seven days and kissing and licking the skull seven times each night. Adud Gupi, mother of King Nabonidus, once said, 104 happy years. My eyesight was good, my hearing excellent, my words well chosen, food and drink agreed with me, my health was fine, and my mind happy. I had my fill. Miskupi might have been a tad optimistic, but Babylonian healers did the best they could with what they had. So I actually did a paper on the Asu and the Asipu while in university. So maybe in the next episode, I will go through that and tell you what I learned. So that is all for this episode. I know it's a bit shorter, but thank you for listening. Uh, You can contact me at ramblings with a medical historian on facebook and instagram you can find me on twitter at ramblings underscore mh though i'm not really active on there that much you can also send me an email to ramblings.mh at gmail.com so 
Thanks for listening and keep rambling on.